0: Lisa Packen fans, and welcome to another edition of Let Me Tell You Something. I'm your co-host, Larkin Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host... Simon Cross. And as you know on Lassen Mich Einen Etwas Sagen... We talk about matches in this little mini-series of the to Five Star Project, where Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has given a match five stars or higher. Obviously, the year of 2020 has not been as kind to us as 2018 and 2019 have been on the five-star front.
1: Or any front, for that matter.
0: But for the third week in a row, you're getting a five-star episode. Well, every episode we provided you has been of the five-star calibre. Oh,
1: hey. Well, of course. I don't like to... Uh polish my own silverware but that's not the expression but i'm
0: sticking with it well when we're on video chat you certainly seem to like to do that
1: don't you dare <laughs> jeffrey toobin me or leslie grantham me
0: <laughs> leslie grantham there's a blast from the i was front. gonna say well
1: i wanted to do one for um, our, co- our cousins across the pond and one for one homegrown one
0: <laughs> what does it say the americans get the new yorker we get dirty dead I mean, <laughs> you know we knew it was gonna happen anyway <laughs> Um, Yes, but we will not be talking about that But we will be talking about some gruesome images It's certain to be said Uh, What is the five star match we're covering today, Simon? It's a match which is
1: straight out of Group H Also, of like any Euros As it's Austria versus Russia And it's Volta taking on Ilya Dragunov
0: Obviously we've had our one Walter match so far in this series With him against Tyler Bates Uh, NXT Blackpool, was it? Takeover? Cardiff and so obviously we know a bit more about Voltar. I'll admit this is the first full-length Ilya-Dragonov match that I've really paid attention to. I, you know, sometimes NXT UK has been on in the background. I recall that the first time I really became aware of Dragonov was when they made a dream match for the Progress show at Wembley Arena between him and Pete Dunne. And mm. I remember seeing the reception in the crowd. I think it's the usual Progress audience in the electric ballroom. Commissioner for WXW... I think he was. I think he was involved in WXW. Announced the arrival of the Zikta. Is that how they pronounce it? Invincible. Yes. Ilya Dragunov, and it was a real fifty-fifty reaction from the audience. Of some people losing their minds, and a lot of people also going, "I I don't know what this means." I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I became aware of Dragunov at that point. I would have seen like I might maybe I did watch a match or two on YouTube when he when that was happening. Uh, that also implies that I think he's unmemorable that is certainly not the case I think he's a very interesting wrestler his uh, look actually this is funny I was thinking this when I watched it physique wise this almost looked like a match from the the uh, 50s era I think a lot of people have always said that Volta could fit into any era of wrestling at least on the look front you uh, would have to yeah. adjust his style accordingly to whatever decade he's in but he wouldn't look out of place Ilya Dragunov's physique in particular reminded me a lot of Buddy Rogers. When we looked at the Buddy rogers Lou mm. match, it's very sculpted and very well... It's it's well-defined.
1: His right shoulder has one of the most prominent veins I've ever seen on a professional wrestler.
0: I couldn't take my eyes but off Do you know it. what I mean, how sculpted it looks? It looks like it's been crafted and chiseled and honed to... Perfection of sorts. This is clearly a man who takes his craft and his art very seriously.
1: I don't want to make the Ivan Drago, lazy Ivan Drago reference, but he does. You can you can imagine he was like made in a center.
0: Yeah, I guess. Well, he'd be a bit taller, I suppose. Yeah, and he's not bulky. He's as big as he needs to be, really. i Like I could I could believe that that is a natural physique, but you know, like. Pushing the human body almost to as far as it can go naturally, so he has that intensity, and he had it in his entrances, and he has it. He gives himself those crazy eyes and everything. Not a criticism necessarily, but an observation as we go along. But his backstory as well is fascinating. That he's a German wrestler, you know, speaks German, and he speaks German a lot in this match. But he is, as the name would suggest, of Russian heritage, and they really have always pushed hard his his personal story that he was from very very impoverished background and he was an immigrant to Germany coming from Russia. And so he's always had this sort of identity issue and this emotional conflict at the heart of him that they play up within the storylines. I think he literally went away for a while, I think. I don't know if it was for mental health reasons or for other reasons and then made a triumphant return. He's a man that has to go 100% into everything that he does. And that is what this match is wrestled at. As some, a lot of people have pointed out, I'll just bring up Dave Meltzer's comments actually for this one. Probably the most brutal match in WWE history took place on the October 29th NXT UK show, with Volta retaining the UK title over longtime rival Ilya Dragunov in 25 minutes 9 seconds. It is a 5 star match, but one I almost hesitate to do because of the brutality level. If you compare it to one of the great Minero Suzuki matches, the offence wasn't nearly as crisp as far as looking like a trained fighter. But these two guys, particularly Volta, who is close to 300 pounds, just chopped the hell out of Dragunov, who is a master seller. Dragunov also has one of those pale bodies where the damage shows up. So he was all beat red yeah. throughout the chest and upper back, mostly from hard chops. Volta's chest was beat up as well. And that's been one of the key things. A lot of people are describing this as the most violent match to not involve any additional weaponry, I suppose. in At least in WWE history. The closest you get is Dragunov does get launched into some steps mm. at some yeah. point. I remember last year when John Moxley and Kenny Omega had the the match, and everyone was throwing at the barbed wire, and and then there was a lot of discussion as to, "Oh, does this go too far?" And then the argument that I saw a lot of people saying is, "These, what you see there is superficial cuts and bruises and violence. You don't see the effects as easily of multiple suplexes landing on your neck and so Trauma. on." Trauma, and that as far, yeah, as far as what will be. You know, and so I guess the idea is that if you have matches like Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, if you if that's the sort of matches you wrestle, or if you have matches like iliad Dragunov against volta you're more likely to have even worse long term effects to you on the latter than the former. Yeah, do you get where I'm coming? I do.
1: The bit that scared me, early doors specifically, because the time I saw it done accidentally with Enzo Amore and he got his how well, he did get his brain yeah. scrambled was the yeah. rope spot. The rope spot was a bit jarring for me.
0: And that was the key point of the match, really, wasn't yeah. it? They were fighting at this extremely high intensity from the start. I mean, Dragunov, just before then, goes for his finishing move. I can't remember what it Torpedo it's called. Moscow, I think. Torpedo Moscow. Was flying elbow to the opponent and he missed that. And then, like I say, Walter... Bounces him off the rope, and he deliberately whips back and essentially bumps his head. Yeah, and that is really every bit as dangerous as taking a chair shot to the head if you're going to go at that much velocity and intensity.
1: It's a steel cable,
0: not not the WWE ropes. To be fair, those are ropes. Oh, okay. Whereas most other ropes are usually cables. The, the WWE mm. has always gone with with ropes. It was a very alarming move, and that was what they built on it from the rest for the rest of the match. That it's Walter targeting his neck and when when Dragonov makes a comeback towards the latter portion of the match, yeah. Walter, whenever he's trying to regain control, will immediately go back to the neck and what I just said was that there was an intensity and a, and a consistency, I guess some people will call it work rate, these guys never stop moving, mm-hmm. you know, even when it's a lie down, a double down spot, it's like they're trying to minimise it as much as possible yeah whilst also selling it. Do you get where I'm coming Like, they're, they're always on top of one another. Yeah. Walter doesn't let go we, at we any get, time against I think we have, like, two downs,
1: but both times, one of them is scrambling to try, try and take advantage. Like, they are down, but they are trying to get back up as quickly as possible. They're not, like, mm. milking it.
0: But very early on, they established that it's the neck that's going to be Dragunov's weakness, because when Walter starts targeting him, and then the moment the Dragunov gets a little bit of an advantage, he immediately goes for a suplex and he can't do it with his neck. And I've made a note that that seemed very early in the match to be doing the the body gives out yeah. and he can't do it. Uh, but I can understand where it came from in that moment, almost like that was the moment that he realises how much trouble he's in. Mm.
1: And obviously it plays up the weight disadvantage as well. Because this is, this is very much, even though Dragunov is like a hard hitter, this is still a David versus Goliath thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, pref, I profess I don't watch NXT UK, but it's an interesting story to tell. Um, and both men look really good as a result of the story they've told in this match.
0: Well, it is—it is your classic David versus Goliath, which is essentially the story that Walter has with nearly everyone that he faced on the indie scene. Because in that world, he is a monster. Yeah. He's, as they say, six foot four. I think like Billy Maz whether that's true or not. But he's and he's got size and weight that most. Go- When he goes into the WWE, it's less impressive, you know, he will get over... He doesn't look quite as impressive when put up against your Keith Lees and Mm. Braun Strowman's and what have you. So it will be interesting to see how he'd work in that environment. But in many ways, he's reminiscent to what Samoa Joe was in the early 2000s when he was Ring of Honor champion and everything. That he what he had a bulk and a weight and a little bit of size. I think Joe's six foot or just under six foot, which is still taller than the average height, so that meant he still looked big compared to most mm. other guys in, but he's, in the indie he's scene.
1: Thick big as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well he's like, you know, he's got a bit of fat, but it's functional it, yeah. fat. Don't doubt for a second he can go for an hour if he has to. Uh, he's not he's not built for aesthetics he the, the bulk is there as a personal advantage yeah. that it gives him a weight gain a weight advantage that he can bear down on you know when he's on top of uh, dragon of at various points especially at the end where he just mounts him and pounds him to set him up for the finish. They, they worked so hard throughout the whole match and they're yelling at each other. And that was one of the funny things as well because obviously this is a match with literally no audience there and they didn't really do much in the way of piping in audience noise either. You saw the universe up there on the screens but there was no... It's not like Thunderdome or anything because it's in a BT studio, isn't it? Yes. That's where they've recorded it. I'll be curious to see if they continue that now we're about to enter a stricter lockdown at the time of recording. I do think... because I, I don't
1: know if they'll count as elite sports or entertainment or... I don't know how it's going to work. Yeah. And but that's so, true of pretty much anything in this country yeah, right now. Yeah.
0: And so, what they decide to have in this very quiet hall is the loudest wrestling match I've ever seen. It seems like they're, they're going to make up for the lack of crowd noise by making their hits as loud as humanly possible. Mm. And they echo throughout this fairly cavernous arena. There's no one around them, really. Yeah. I think the commentators aren't there. There's just the referee and them and whichever cameramen are around as well. Uh, we briefly discussed this whilst we were first looking at the match if this had been in front of a crowd would they have maybe actually eased up on each other a little bit more and because that was one of the things I always said that people aren't wrestling any different in front of no audience as they do in front of an audience so then it becomes a fact and then i think you've got to adapt to that because otherwise why would you what what's the point of the crowd being there what's the influence that they have do you get where i'm coming from like, i think they should have done a storyline in the wwe where at least one baby face like maybe an otis or someone like that just could not get his motor going whilst the, there's no real crowd there you know when hulk hogan's hulking up. What's he looking at? He's looking at the Hulkamaniacs to give him the power. And if Hulk Hogan hulks up just in an empty arena, then what does that mean about the the effect that the fans have on him that allow him to reach that superhuman adrenaline rush? Do you get where I'm coming from? I I do. The
1: problem I have with it, though, they only know one way because the fact that fans are that very thing that they feed off of
0: they only know that one way because they're not allowed to adapt to the style that the WWE have that in-house style and a bit at least so do New Japan and all the other ones they have that in-ring style and philosophy and that's one of the things that makes this match stand out you will not see a match wrestled like this on Raw on Smackdown or even on NXT there is an NXT mm. in-house style that's more reminiscent of what you would see with Johnny Gargano and, and Tommaso Ciampa, where the intensity is there, but it's very well orchestrated spots and built up internal drama. And they kind of have that in the fact that they are yelling at each other in German. It would be curious to see. I almost want to see this much subtitles,
1: <laughs> like yes. a foreign
0: language film. Yeah, so you I can see that. what they, that would be pretty cool if the WWE could upload a version of that maybe in a year's time onto YouTube. So you can see what they are yelling at. Because they they don't just yell, they yell a lot. But they also aren't milking, again, because it's not in English, so it's not really for the audience at home. So it's not milking it like an Alistair Black, I absolve you of your sins, or a Shawn Michaels, I'm sorry, I love you. It's, it's more like the Japanese thing of, like, well, they're pissed off at each other. I can kind of get the gist of what they're saying. But I didn't really get that with this one. I, I, was Walter sort of saying, just stay down? Or is Walter saying shit about him being an immigrant or anything like that? You, you can't tell. And, like, they're saying full sentences to each other. <laughs> you, get, you get where I'm coming yeah. from? Yeah.
1: It adds to the intensity, though. And I, I've made this point before about how, like, Asuka's like, one of... 2020's MVPs, as far as we're concerned, because she yells, she adds that intensity, she makes something happen, and these two do that. I, because I, I remember um, Dave, I think Meltzer did say, Dave, like I know him, he wasn't going to give stuff five stars until crowds were back, and whilst crowds are back, there wasn't a crowd here.
0: Well, like I said, I wonder if that's because of how loud this match was without the crowd. Yeah, so he got, this match didn't so need he, a crowd. Well, yeah, Well, like I said, I think they worked to it without a crowd. Like, And that's what I say, because they're on top of each other relentlessly, there is no point where Walter takes a back seat and lets Dragunov sort of will himself to his feet to get the crowd on side, which is what he did with Tyler Bate, which was a bit more that was more paced slowly to build up and build up and that was paced to work with the crowd and work around the chance yeah. and work around everything else and to and to gradually bring Tyler Bates into the match whereas with this one Dragonov is just constantly fighting to get back in and like i said Walters having to smother him to keep on top of him there's the fluid constant movement throughout this match mm. Like I said, I wonder if this becomes a very influential match for the next few years, at least on the independence scene. Because you're already getting that, I suppose, with the Josh Barnett blood sports style yeah. where there's no ring ropes I mean other than the whiplash spot I don't think there was a lot of running the ropes in this match either really no uh, when when Dragonov's making his comeback he's not doing it by like running the ropes and flying forearms or anything like that what he's wow. doing is he's, he he's, he's does ducking a down rope, and... drop kick he does do a drop okay fair enough but yes that's a coast to coast so that's one point but I wouldn't put it past him if there were no ropes of him trying to jump onto the top of the pole or something like that <laughs> you know yeah uh, the ring post but but for the most part it's him hitting him with German suplexes. I really liked how he fought and hit three German suplexes, but he didn't get them in a row. He was just it was like a go back to. In many ways actually, the matches that these were most in common with, if it was anything, are the Brock Lesnar matches from the John Cena SummerSlam match onwards. Yeah. Where it's suplex city and it's about brutality and for a lot of the matches. They're much shorter, whereas this takes a Brock Lesnar match and works it for twenty five minutes. Mm. I'm thinking of something like Brock Lesnar versus Samoa Joe, which I think went about nine minutes, or um, gold the the Goldberg matches that went about yeah. five or six minutes. And it's or just...
1: Brock's problems with smaller people, where yeah. you know, where his matches against Styles, his matches against uh, Daniel Bryan. Where the brutality was a bit more pronounced, especially with the calf crusher spot. It in was the Styles match where he just <laughs> smashes him like into a powder.
0: Yeah, it was. But I would also argue again that like in those matches, Brian and and Styles and other one Rollins essentially become ragdolls at that point and they're not fighting yeah. back at all. And like I said, Dragonov just never stops fighting back. And mm. it will have those bursts and then Walter has to smother him out immediately. Whereas that doesn't really happen with Brock Lesnar. It's just Brock Lesnar, he, weather's an early storm maybe, then he beats the shit out of them for whatever the allocated th- next <laughs> third of the match is. And then the final third of the match is suddenly them finding a weakness and building off of it. Whereas with Dragon yeah. it's more a gradual, like I said, chopping of the tree down. And, mm. then, and, and like with Brock Lesnar, at that point, Walter is like, right, I've got to snuff this out. And that is why, well, with Dragunov, it's, he goes to the outside, and that's really the only moment, except for when Dragonov gets whiplashed, that he goes to the outside. And like you say, he uh, he hits him with a a, a, super, a sleeper suplex, throws him into the, the steps. floor. Yeah, on the floor, throws him into the ring steps, power bombs him on the apron, and then brings him into the ring, and that's when he just starts the ground and pound and the sleeper hold and everything. It's that. He's got to snuff this out quickly now, because he knows hmm. that... He knows that Dragonov has found has got his number. He knows he's in trouble. He, in fact, he does like with the Tyler Bate moments and obviously the Jordan Devlin, which he was inspired from. He does do a brief like pleading, like stop, yeah. stop, but in a different way. Actually, it's almost like he doesn't want Dragonov to to notice it as well. They don't again. They don't play it up because there's no crowd to play to. Yeah. Where 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 Tyler Bate or Jordan Devlin stops in their tracks and they're like, oh my god, he's hurt. Whereas Dragonov's just like I've got to make sure he's <laughs> you know he never yeah, he... I'm going to kill him somehow. Yeah. So there is no stoppage, and that's like I said, is that is that their own stylistic style because they they stylistic style. Well, there's a there's the <laughs> again. Like you go back to the Luthers, Buddy Rogers thing. It, it's almost, it is like a relentless uh, going and going and going until you you're physically drained. Whereas with um, WWE stuff, it is like spot not spot 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 necessarily, but like chapter breaks. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but...
1: No, it is its own rugged and tough It's it's a
0: different grammar of wrestling.
1: Yeah. I think that's why it stands out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's in a WWE ring of some description. Um, And I think it's definitely going to get a lot more eyeballs to to it. It would have even without the five-star match, but I think the five-star rating in particular, a lot of people like ourselves who aren't regular NXT UK viewers will... Find that one on the network and talk about it. Like people who don't watch UK at all, since maybe the 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 tournament the or something like that, or, or yeah, yeah, maybe a takeover, or maybe the last thing they've seen was Walter against Pete Dunne. Because that's the funny thing with the UK title: the two times it's changed hands, it's been on the US takeover events. Yeah, I think, and I think now Walter's coming up to two years with the belt at this point, isn't he?
1: He's the, yes, he's definitely the longest champ, uh, reigning champion,
0: and Pete Dunne was had it for a bloody long time as well. So there's been, other than Tyler Bate, who lost it almost in his his first big defence, it's been the very long held belt. I wonder if that will start to change as time goes on. I mean, do you think do you think Volta will become a regular? I know that he keeps saying he won't do it, but you never know what money could be there or if it's just a two or three year deal. What do you think of Volta or Iliad Dragunov in the WWE? Because some Twitter fo- people I follow on Twitter have said, the tragedy of this is that we may never get Volta against Ishii, or or Dragunov against Suzuki, or anything like that that might be more suitable to them than, than I, going, going I... to the WWE for a few years and having trading back and forth wins with Baron Corbin. Or
1: something yeah. like that. I don't know about Walter. I don't think he would. Um I think his size and his presence. Um we've weirdly seen him uh on RAW, weirdly yes. enough. We, yes, we, did, we actually yes. got to see that. Um I think Vince I think Vince has asked him already.
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, there must be a reason that they had him be the first one eliminated at the Survivor Series. I think that's
1: because I don't want to go any further. Well, fine, stay on your little level then. Dragunov, I could see it. I I think he'd do well in certain programs. Do I think he'd ultimately end up lost in the shuffle? Uh, Looking at the current structure, yes, but that's no slight against him. Everyone
0: gets lost in the shuffle there. Yeah. Um, I think that... I think that, yeah, I agree with you probably that Walter, he's not big enough to be treated like he was on the indie scene. I would love to see a Walter-Brock Lesnar match. Or a a Walter-Cesaro match. Or a Walter Sheamus match. yeah, Or a Walter-Keith Lee match. Which I think probably there has been a few of those I would imagine.
1: Mm.
0: But I don't... And he has got a great look and the entrance and everything. He would get over... Walter against Nakamura—that'll be a, a cool one as well. Yeah, I think I think AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan would have great matches with him. But um, you could say
1: that pretty much against yeah, about yeah every yeah. every wrestling yeah. guy. Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, but like particularly if, if and it will be curious to see if if Vince sees this and says this is the kind of stuff I like because like in the past Bret I know people have said that the kind of wrestling that Vince likes most of all is like Bret Hart realistic well-told stories with good technical wrestling he doesn't yeah. actually like the high-flying stunt spectacles that much he just thinks that's what sells and that's what and now the it's weird all about, thing short, about all short-termism term is thrills and creating moments that he probably would go down that avenue more yeah than he the would. weird
1: thing about this year in wwe is it's possibly its most profitable ever um in spite of itself. In spite of itself,
0: so... I can't see that's true, though. Like, uh, how much money they must have lost on WrestleMania. Mm, but
1: I I think I'd somehow, I don't know, with Vince. Vince um... finds a way. <laughs> he's, he's tenacious, if nothing else.
0: So, can I, if I can get to a criticism as well because yes. I said the intensity is high maybe it's too high for the whole time may, may, I think it maybe goes on a bit too long but also I think the problem I have as well is that the intensity is mirrored uh, in the presentation and the commentary I think the commentary the problem was it went from naught to 100 almost immediately and it had to stay there I'm and not guess sure that was,
1: if that's an instruction they've received to do or it's something they felt compelled to I do think they felt because compelled there's no crowd
0: I think they felt compelled to do it i think that they were to be fair they were reacting to what they were doing in the ring and it went like we said it went to an intensity that went so long it was almost like a finishing straight from the start yeah and they were going on about how this is the most brutal thing i've ever seen like within five minutes and it's like if that's the story you meant to be telling don't tell it at that point because then where where, where are you going to be in 20 minutes time
1: WWE have a habit of doing that though, going, this is the
0: most thing ever. I mean, everyone has that. I remember watching early Ring of Honor recently again, and they were just going, don't you think this is the greatest match you've ever seen in your life? It absolutely is. And that's like the halfway point of the match. And they were always selling about how great their matches were. So hyperbole has not been a unique thing to the WWE. No. no. Wrestling by its nature is hyperbolic. It's hyperbolic, yeah. It's hyperbolic fighting. And that's what this was. And like, say, so this is what the UK, NXT UK is all about, is it? Because it's completely different to what most wrestling is. Yeah. And that's fine, but then if that's what it's all about, and someone tunes in and the matches aren't all like that, then I don't know what it means. It's a hell of an experience. I'm torn as to how much I want to give it five stars. The, the the slaps and the chops are just... were so gruesome. And, and someone was making a good point at, on Twitter. It was like, oh because they were saying, oh, Walter could be dropped into any era and he'd be great. Can you imagine Walter against Bret Hart? And yeah. Dave Meltzer said, Bret Hart would refuse to wrestle Walter if this was the way that Walter insisted yeah. on wrestling. But like I said, I think Walter is adaptable to that. I think he could have wrestled whatever Bret Hart needs to wrestle. And I just do sometimes wonder with the chop culture. It's just, um, it used to be, that I think Jim Cornette said it used to be when everyone thought it was real, they were doing everything to not hurt each other now everyone knows it's fake, they're desperately trying to hurt each other. Yeah. Like, this is a point of pride. Like, Dragonov will be proud about how red his was. This injects
1: realism into it.
0: But does it need that? And again, then the narrative is... Like I said, almost it seems like the narrative of wrestling now is that it's fake. Yeah. And, and the narrative of this match is, look at this fake wrestling match and how fucked up both of these guys visibly are by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something I want to be a part of and encourage, you know.
1: Well, we talked about when we watched some Misawa matches. By the end, we were like, "This is a bit uncomfortable."
0: The head dropping.
1: Yeah, there's there there are head drops in this, not ones.
0: Yeah, and I was and I was wondering about that as well. Like when he when he nails Dragonov with that sleeper suplex at the end, the half you know the chokehold the on suplex. Dragonov gets up really quickly, and again, I wonder if it's because they can't milk the crowd's reaction, they can't yeah. play off of it, so they want to get there. Or maybe they've been told you've got to go home, and Dragonov just has to get up quicker so that yeah. they can then do the boot into the step spot. I don't know, but um. Again, yeah, it's that dangerous aspect to it. And like I said, the whiplash is a very... Like, that could have so easily gone wrong. Yes. And I worry that that then becomes a spot that everyone tries to do at a time when we know how dangerous concussions are. Mm. You know, because we're trying to... Ba- if we're banning chair shots to the head, and that's something I agree with, I should we be banning fake whiplash head being hit on the... on the mat moves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Even if it's a
0: more padded mat than the steel chair, it's still making a thump.
1: Yeah. I get where you're coming from. I... and like I do with the... um, did with the King's Road style, I still... I am going to give this five stars. The reasons for that is this is one of the ones where I knew the result beforehand. Um, I was still compelled. I was still hooked. I The the way these two told the David Goliath story hooked me. And they did it without a crowd. Um, and I know I've already said this match didn't need a crowd, but God, could you imagine if it had one?
0: Well, like I said, if it had one, I think it would have been a different match. and And that's one of the reasons why I'm really wavering on giving it five stars, because I think they've taken this weird environment that wrestling has been in for the past year and they've done the best thing from it so yeah. far and so therefore i am super tempted to give it five stars right now i'm gonna say no okay but come come back to me in two or three weeks or a month or two's time tell me to re-watch the match and i might change my mind that's um, fair Right now, it's still fantastic, but there's part of it that makes me uncomfortable. And like I said, I do wonder... The thing that I didn't really get into with Dragonov. is that like he does those super intense things, but it's like, I'm kind of fed up of everyone whose thing is I'm intense. I know I bully the guy, but the one I always point to is like Joseph Connors. His whole thing is, look how serious and intense I am. And it's like, yeah, but that's nothing to me. And and Dragonov mm. is like... He goes so hard all the fucking time. And it's like, it's almost like the ultimate warrior as far as how much energy an entrance takes up on you. Um, And obviously, this is the match to do it for. But I know that that's what he does for like a regular NXT UK match against Noam Dar or something like that. You know what I mean? Or Flash Morgan Webster. Or Flash Morgan Webster. Like, it makes sense for this. But I know that that's not, this isn't the only time Ilya works like this. Mm. So, I don't know. Like I said, I, look, I would recommend everyone see if you have got the, if you can take it, because um, mm. it really is every bit as upsetting and unsettling as what McFoley puts himself through in a completely different kind of way. You know, yes. those were two huge bumps, and then superficial cuts of a thumbtack. But that's something that just you know that heals up within a year, within a week. The, the mm. two bumps obviously is somewhat different. But this is... They're going to be feeling this for, like, six months. And there's a decent chance in that time. I mean, the way that it looks to me, I I would be surprised if Dragonov's not the guy who takes the belt off Walter at this point.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe two out of three
0: falls. Perhaps. Maybe they wait for when the crowd comes back and they do it again. Because then they said that... Dragonov earned this title shot, like, six months ago or something. Like yeah, that.
1: but uh, NXT UK's only just come back in the last yeah, six Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. So, who knows? And, It's going to be a long time before they're going to be able to record it in front of a crowd again.
1: But, yeah, and, again, we don't know if it's going to be allowed to carry on at time of recording.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah... Yeah, well, that yeah that 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 what brings it up in the air, and so it'll be interesting to reflect on it. Like I said, I want to rewatch my five star matches. We probably should do something where we reflect upon some matches in in the future. Like maybe do a rewatch episode where we pick five matches each that we should rewatch, and then just talk about them. Um, and maybe listen back to the podcast episode and what we thought about it at the time, because I can see. This this being one that can really shift opinions. It's not a Marmite match, I think, as much as the Omega Moxley match will be. I think even yeah. if you can't enjoy it, you will appreciate the artistry behind it. And it will also be interesting to see if this is a very inspirational... Like if the WWE... Especially, I think it's more likely to be an inspiration to NXT. So let's see where NXT goes. But you need to have wrestlers that are trained in that style as well. You'll get a lot of people that will do superficially similar matches to this. But they don't necessarily understand the craft behind the, it
1: yeah the art behind it
0: yeah and and like he says there's also like Melt said there wasn't a precision in it the way that there was with the Suzuki Ibushi match which are two people that are clearly trained mm. in martial arts Um, and they they were incorporating the pancreas style so it's still a wrestling match but I don't know I don't know we'll, we'll see but if people want to see us online how can they do so Simon how can they get in touch with you
1: at uh, the get it to me on Twitter, where I'm so-known as Simon Cross free free for the number of vertebrae that are probably bruised in Dragunov's body right now.
0: My name's Lorcan Mullin, that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for arteries visible on your chest, and N for neck surgery that you may require after the whiplash of that. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, letterbox. we put in at gmail.com at the end of it. That's my email address. You can check out the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. lmtyspod is also our Twitter handle and Facebook. Uh, If you go to patreon.com slash lmtyspod and fancy becoming a patron, then you can do that for some extra... um... Content. Well, not content. Well, maybe content, but some extra authority over how this podcast goes in the future. Next week... If there are no more five-star matches, we will be covering the kijimuto Big Van Vader G1 Climax match from
1: 1991. If there's no, well, melts are permitting, yes.
0: And then after that, looking at the lineup for Full Gear, I will be shocked if we didn't have a five-star match yeah. to discuss from that one. But anyway, that's all for the future As at the time of recording we You may be wondering why we're not Screaming into an abyss or doing Carp <laughs> Wheels of Delight Because to be honest with you, when we're recording this We have no fucking clue yet No But anyway, until then Ich heiße Lohan Mullen
1: My Name ist Simon Cross
0: Vielen Dank, dass wir irgendetwas sagen durfen Habe eine Zeit Bis zum nächsten Mal